Well, this morning our scripture comes from uh, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Hear the word of the Lord. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, gracious God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. God, we pray that that your Holy Spirit would just move among us wherever we find ourselves to open our hearts and our minds to your word because your word is alive and active. There is something in those words that we need to hear today. So we ask that our hearts would be prepared to receive it. And Lord, I pray now that you would take these words of mine and turn them from water into wine, taking the simple words and doing a miracle with them in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to continue our our discussion on um, some spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines of the church and of the Christian faith. In the last several weeks, we've been talking about a couple. Pastor Allen has talked specifically about prayer and about fasting. And this morning, I want to talk about what it is to study God's Word, what it is to remain in God's Word. So I'd like to start by sharing this quote with you from Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. He says this, Remember, the mind will always take on an order conforming to the order upon which it concentrates. I would say that's pretty true, right? If you are concentrating on one thing all the time, then that is what your mind will always think on. Just think about it, right? We don't want our kids in front of screens constantly. We don't want them playing games constantly on a screen. Why? Because we don't want them only focused on that. We want their minds to be able to create and dream, and they need to be free (laughs) to be able to do that. Maybe we even need to consider what we do sometimes. How often is the news channel on on our TVs? Do we need a little break from that, not to be so focused on that? Do we need to allow turn things off in our own lives, put our phones down, let go of the paper, and allow our minds to focus somewhere else? Because our minds will always, always take on the order conforming to which we concentrate. And so, (laughs) I want to encourage us today that we would, instead of focusing on the things of this world and the things around us, we would focus and concentrate in God's Word. We need to remain in God's Word. Study is uh, not necessarily a fun word, I don't know if you liked hearing that word. I need to study in in high school or college, right? Who wanted to do that? Not me. (laughs) I don't like studying. I don't want to learn how to study. But we need to remain in God's word. And if we're going to do that, it means more than just a couple of minutes every morning, beginning our day with a little scripture and a little devotion reading. 
Do we need to start our day there? Absolutely. Every day, start our day with some kind of scripture and devotional reading. But study is not the same as that. When we study, we are allowing ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Right? When you're studying, you're doing more than just reading a few words and moving on with your day. When we come to God's word with the intention of studying it, we're coming to be changed. We are recognizing that we don't just want knowledge, but we want that truth, that understanding to set ourselves free by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, disciples are ones who are always learning. And that is who we are to be as followers of Christ. As disciples of Christ, we are to be constant learners. And I remember my grandfather telling me how much he, he loved the poem, Casey at the Bat. Have you heard the poem? Do you know that poem? It's um, back from the 18, uh, well, 1888 is what it says. Casey at the Bat. And my grandfather learned it in elementary school. He had to memorize it. You know, memorizing comes with repetition, right? I was thinking about that as I was, I don't know why, it just popped into my head as I was thinking about our, our study for this week. And, and so I went and I found, you know, I looked up the poem and I started to read it. And it sounded a little familiar. It starts out like this. The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to two with but one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at first and Barrows did the same, a sickly silence fell upon the patrons of the game. Oh boy, can you feel it? The drama, the excitement, a ball game, last inning. Oh my gosh, can they pull it out down by two? Well, if you know the poem, there's one person that they really want to come to bat. They really want Casey because they know that he can knock a ball out and they know they can score if he's the one batting. And but there are two people that stand between Casey at the plate. Well, they both hit balls and they get on base and it's so exciting. Casey finally gets to bat. They might actually win. And then Casey decides to let the first ball go by and it was a strike. And he lets the second ball go by and it was a strike. And he did it on purpose. You could tell, we know he did it on purpose. And then the third ball comes flying and the last stanza of the poem says, Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere and somewhere hearts are light and somewhere men are laughing and somewhere children shout. I was so ready as I was reading. I was ready for that great ending. And then the last line, but there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. No, why? 
did my grandfather love that so much? Why was it that, that years after elementary school, he could still repeat the entire thing? Why was it that he cherished the lesson within that poem? Because it had been told to him the importance of this, the repetition of it, that it wasn't just something he knew, it was something he understood, something he needed to live out. That's, that's what I'm challenging us to today. How many of us sitting here, if you have been in church you're the majority of your lives, could you tell me the story of Noah? Probably. Why? Because it's one that we heard a lot, especially as children. How many of us sitting here today find ourselves coming to church, especially at Christmas and Easter, and could tell the stories of the birth of Jesus, could tell the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus? Why? Because we hear them over and over and over again. But hearing them over and over again is only the beginning of studying and remaining in God's word. It does take a constant remaining in God's word for us to know God's word. But it's more than that. Because study also means that, that we're not only remaining in God's word and hearing it again and again and reading it over and over and over and over again so that we know it, but it also means that we're focusing, concentrating, listening for the voice of God as we come. Because remember, we come because we want to be changed by God's word. We come because we know that it is our minds that need to be transformed, and it's only going to happen by God's word. And so we come to listen for God's voice and to focus there. When I was in college, I was really struggling with the class, and I was talking to a mentor of mine, and, and they asked the question, well, are, is the TV on while you're trying to study? And I said, oh, no, I don't have a TV. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what else is going on while you're studying? Like, what are you doing? Is there other stuff that's distracting you? Are you listening to a lot of music or something? I was like, oh, yeah, I love listening to music while I study. And they said, okay, just just." try this. Just try turning everything off and allowing yourself to focus and concentrate. Okay. So I did. And all of a sudden, it just, I was able to, to receive it better and, and understand what I was reading because there was no distraction. And I know for some of us, we like to have some kind of noise in the background, but I, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. If you're listening for the God's voice, if that's your desire, then, then try tuning everything else out by actually turning things off <laughs> and allowing yourself to just be there in the presence of God, to just be there with God's word, hearing what it has to say, hearing what the Spirit is trying to say to you. Remaining in God's word and listening, allowing ourselves to be present means that we're going, we're in the process of going beyond here and allowing it to be part of who we are and allowing it to transform us and shape us. 
Because remember, I said learners, disciples are learners, and learners are learning to be able to do. When Jesus' disciples came and they sat with him and they lived with him and they traveled with him, it wasn't just so they knew something. Because rabbis taught disciples so disciples could become rabbis. And they could teach then disciples. We're learners learning so that we know what to do. And it's in learning and understanding what we're to do that we find ourselves obeying the very word of God, doing the things that we're called, because it's what we know, because it's been repeated again and again. And the mind of a learner is one that never shuts. Because like I prayed at the beginning, God's word is alive. It is active. It is, it is not something for us to contain, place limits upon. God's word goes beyond us and our understanding because God's ways are higher than our ways. We can never fully comprehend it. But if we allow ourselves to truly be the disciples that God has called us to be, then we are constant learners, constantly remaining in the word. And when we find ourselves constantly in the word, when we find ourselves being transformed by the renewing of our minds, comprehending, understanding it within our heart and, and going and doing, we also find ourselves, according to our scripture this morning, set free by that truth that we find in God's word. We will find ourselves set free from fear because when we remain in God's word, we hear him saying that he is always with us, that we are never alone, that he is for us, not against us. So what have we to fear if we're remaining in God's word? We're also set free from ourselves because who doesn't have those times, those thoughts, that process that you go through of self-doubt or denial in some way? We're set free from ourselves, transformed by the renewing of our minds when we remain in God's word and hear God's word for us. We are loved we are highly favored. He desires abundant life for us. We are set free when we remain in God's word from, from the voices of others who tell us what, we what they think we should be doing and what they think is important in our lives. Because when we remain in God's word, we know God's desire for our lives. We know that God's desire is that we would be a people full of grace and love. We know that God's desire is that we would be a people of mercy and justice. And so those voices don't matter when the one voice, the true voice, is what we're concentrating on. And we are set free from sin, from the brokenness of this world. We are set free. The chains that have bound us are broken and fall to the ground because we are remaining in God's word, because we know what God says. He has cast our sin as far as east is from the west. It cannot come back to bind us when we remain in God's word, when we are renewed by the transforming of our minds. So I challenge us that we would seek time to truly study remain in God's word. I, now listen, I'm not saying that you need to spend five hours every day studying God's word. 
you do need to spend time every day. Take those few minutes every morning or, or before you're going to bed, reading those couple verses of scriptures, reading a little devotion, remaining there also daily. And yes, yeah, study is going to take a little bit more time. But maybe the study is, is taking the book of like Philippians, say. It's a pretty short book. You can read that in less than half an hour. And reading through that every day for a month. What are you doing? You're remaining in that word. You're soaking in it. You're allowing it to speak to you. You're allowing God to speak through that constant repetition, focusing, remaining. Maybe you take a little time and maybe over the course of a couple weeks, read through the book of Isaiah, maybe, maybe two or three times. Again, just in that repetition, allowing yourself to hear and see the movement of God in the people of God. What does that mean? What does that say about who God is? What is he trying to tell us here? Because when we remain in the word of God, when we focus on what he says and who he is and what God does, we're able to allow that knowledge to go beyond just a simple understanding to, tr to a very powerful transformation that comes, that only leads us to doing. We are disciples of Christ. We are to be constant learners. That means we got to put a little work in. But when you put the time into a spiritual discipline like this, just like with prayer, with fasting, with any others, you will find yourself square in the joy of the Lord because of the time you've spent, because of the focus you've given, because of the transforming that is happening in your lives. Will you pray with me? Holy and blessed God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for an opportunity to be challenged to go beyond our understanding. Because, God, we realize that it is more than, than what we think. It is more than what someone else teaches us. Your word is there for us to be able to, to focus on, to concentrate on, to to read again and again, and it's in the repetition that you will reveal yourself even more. And so, gracious God, won't you, through the power of your Spirit, spur us on to greater discipleship, to greater understanding, because when we learn, we're learning to be changed and so that we might do love, share, offer grace in ways that we would never know to do if it weren't for you. Thank you, gracious God, for this challenge you've placed upon our lives. May we be faithful in loving and honoring you. In Jesus' name, amen.